0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Code of Conduct. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Smith, the King. And I am excited because I have a very, very special guest today. I told you last time, I, one of my favorites is Bruce Nolan. He is a uh, network, co- you know, he's a co-worker. So I get the, the pleasure of speaking to Bruce very often. But Um, my guest today i do not get a chance to interact with often and it is a treat for me because he is um, actually probably outside of bruce outside of joe outside of myself outside of anthony and a handful of others sterling um i really think pat moran is is my favorite content creator to represent the buffalo area i know he's in florida currently but uh, Pat Moran is, is second to none. I tell you. So, uh, today I'm very excited to have him as a guest. I'm not going to do too much talking because I'm ready to get right into it. It was a very, very good in-depth interview. We talked a lot about, um, the draft. We talked about free agency. We talked about the AFC East and some things around the rest of the league. So please let me know how you feel about the interview. Drop us some comments, drop us some reviews. um, if you can, Please make sure you drop us some reviews on Spotify or or um, Apple Music, whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on. Please give me some feedback. Let me know how we can improve or things that you would like for us to see moving forward. Hey, go Bills. Enjoy it. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am excited. This is, this is a special treat for me. I know, obviously. All the the listeners of Buffalo Rumblings will listen to this because we have a special guest. But I'm going to go back and listen to my own podcast because I am a fan of this gentleman. I have Mr. Patrick Moran of the Talking Buffalo podcast. It comes out every Tuesday and every Friday. What is going on, Mr. Pat?
0: Jay Spence, the king, man. We finally meet. I finally get an opportunity to talk to you, man. I'm pretty pumped about this. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing
1: good. I can't complain. Uh life is good. My team feels like it's a little bit better than it was last year so far for the offseason. So I'm actually <laughs> I'm I'm really good. I'm really good.
0: We're gonna talk about that a little bit. Uh what's been going on with you? Not too much, man. Just uh, you know, I'm enjoying the off season a little bit and my podcast recently joined Blue Wire Pods, which is a a network of podcasters and 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 different types of shows. And uh just wrapping it up a little bit, you know, doing two shows a week right now. going to be doing three pretty soon, some bonus episodes scattered throughout. But this is always a fun time of year for me because when the Bills season's going on, you're pretty much all my content has has to be Bills. But during the offseason, I get an opportunity to do a lot more, you know, just different things, whether it's hockey or baseball or just having news media people on because it's not just football for at least for my podcast anyway. So this is the time of year where I really get to open it up a little bit more and, and talk to all different types of people. So I enjoy it.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. This is my, so this is my first real, I guess, off season uh, doing the podcast. So last year I started my first podcast. I was a guest on Joe Miller show and that was, I believe in like May. And then I started my own show in June. So yeah. this is my first time actually seeing how this goes. So um, I picked a good year to, to start with the podcast. You know, the Buffalo Bills started off, we were 13 and three. So, it's a fun year as a podcaster when your team is winning. It's, I'm it sure is. that would not have been as fun years past if I would have picked to start maybe five six years ago. So I'm 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 doing good, and this year so far the off season seems to you know um, it, it's enough news to keep me busy. Uh, I thought that it was going to be horrible, but I, from what I'm hearing, it's that June like June, early July time, that's really dead for us.
0: Yeah, you get free agency now, and there's always a possibility of trades, and then you start getting mock drafts. And at this point, about a week or so in the free agency, which, by the way, Jay, this is why I don't mess around with mock drafts before free agency. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's so many reasons why, because you, you reject this guy going here or this guy going there, and then you go out and you sign – a star player at that position and you're not going to go, you know, like for an example, the bills replace John Brown with Emmanuel Sanders. I'm sure we'll hit on this. There goes your wide receiver at 30, not saying that th- that was likely to happen anyway. And I'm just using the bills in as an example because right. that's the team we're covering right here, but drafts change after free agency. So it's kind of pointless for me. I mean, you can like prospects and discuss prospects and how they would fit, but in terms of projecting guys, It's just time-filling, which, again, this is the offseason, so you're kind of looking to do that. But, yeah, anyway, to your point, not long after the draft, it starts to get – a, and before training camp, you start to have to reach a little bit to come up with some creative uh, content to put out, but I'm sure you'll figure it out. Don't worry about it.
1: Well, yeah, I I think I jumped in during the dead time. Like, Joe and I were – we were talking about, like, who was the – you know, if Josh Allen wins one Super Bowl, will he surpass Jim Kelly as the most beloved quarterback? We were doing stuff like that like coming up with content, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I feel that I uh, I I've, I've experienced it once, so I, I'm ready for it this year. But hey, let's get into it, man. We got some good stuff that happened over the last week. So, I feel that um, you know, Bills fans are pumped, I'm pumped. Um I I sent you a couple questions. I kind of want to flip it around first i, I want to start off around the league as opposed to starting off with the bills because sure. i kind of get lost a lot of times when i talk about the buffalo bills so let's start off with my favorite this is my favorite uh i guess now i'm going to create this new award and i'm going to try to do this yearly so far who do you think deserves the rex ryan award for the team who's so far won the offseason uh when you look at at free agency there have been a really a bunch of moves made that you wouldn't normally see due to the lowered cap space this year. So teams had to kind of get under the cap and be creative there. What team do you think did the best job at, at making some moves to strengthen their roster, to strengthen their position in their division and, you know, uh, really take the next step for whatever position that their team was in.
0: You know, the obvious answer would be new England. And I'm sure a lot of people, like if you put a poll up, new England would probably win. I mean, they, they did a lot. But it's funny you say the Rex Ryan award because I'm going to go to the team that he spent a a lot of years coaching, and that's the New York Jets in the same division. I really like what the New York Jets have done this offseason. They got Corey Davis. I think he's a legitimate number one wide receiver. If he's not a one, he's a a 1B. I like Keenan Cole. I think he's got a lot of potential. So it's two pretty good receivers they signed. And then on the defensive line, man, Carl Lawson was a name that I heard countless Buffalo Bills fans and podcasters and bloggers and mainstream media saying that that's a guy that they really would have liked to Buffalo to get their hands on. I like him a lot. And then they just signed a, a defensive tackle, Sheldon Rankin, who's pretty good. So the New York Jets really improved their skill positions at wide receiver and their defensive line. And I mean, look, look no further than the Super Bowl. We saw what happens when a defensive line can completely dominate. And, you know, again, Carl Lawson, don't look at the stats. He's a really good player who's still ascending. Again, I would have loved to have seen him on the Buffalo Bills. They got a new head coach, the Jets, and they got a really – now, this is not – I'm kind of straying from your question a little bit. My my answer is the New York Jets. But the Jets, to me, when you talk about this division, obviously it's Buffalo, and then it's like New England and Miami, and you can joust for who's – Right now, at this point, at least anyway, second best. I'm kind of fascinated by the Jets, not saying that they're going to be a good team necessarily this year, but with this talent that they added, they're they're in a position where they could either keep Sam Darnold with a new coach and more talent around him and continue to build with weapons around him like they're starting to do now. They have the second pick of the draft. If they're going to keep Darnold, they could trade down for a team that wants to come up for whether it's. Zach Wilson, or whether it's Fields, and they could pick up more picks and get another offensive tackle or a receiver. or There's some really good receivers at the top of the draft, which I'm sure you know. Um, Pitts, maybe if they trade down, Pitts could be a possibility. I mean, he's definitely going to be a top 10 pick, the tight end from Florida. And you got, again, a couple good tackles. So they could add pieces around Donald or they could trade him. I'm not sure what they would get, but I'm sure he has some trade value. I don't know, maybe a couple seconds, something like that. And then they could draft their rookie quarterback at two, whether again, that's Wilson or fields. So I'm really fascinated with the New York jets right now and what direction they may go at quarterback. But regardless, I, I just feel like they've added some pretty good talent at uh free through free agency. I should say. And these are all guys, by the way, that are, um, I don't think any of them actually have peaked yet. You know, these are guys who still got room to even get better. So I'm a big fan of what the jets have done this off season
1: you know I it's, it's funny you mentioned that I, I'm I'm not ready to give up on Sam Darnold obviously I'm not a, a Jets fan so it's not my place to say you know right. I, I'm a Josh Allen guy but when I watch Sam Darnold I really think that he has everything necessary to be a very good quarterback in his league he's super accurate he has it to me he has a strong arm it, it just looked as if to your point he didn't have the the necessary weapons to really take advantage of of too much of anything the offensive line out there look like it's in shambles i'm not sure how they're going to look this season coming up but i think if you give him some time and you really give him some weapons that's able to kind of create some separate it's the same issue that that we had with josh allen's rookie year when we had a kevin benjamin and um you know (laughs) Foster Jones Jones yeah it's the same issue where you know it it seemed like oh my god Josh Allen just can't get the ball out he looks so bad and he in fairness Josh Allen didn't play his best football his rookie year however a big part of that had to do with you know I think there's like a seven and a half minute video on YouTube of drops of the Bills, you know wide receivers of this rookie season so you know I think that that Improved weapons around Sam Darnold should absolutely improve his play. I'm also not the biggest fan of of Adam Gase as a head coach. I know that Peyton Manning, um, you know, was successful when he was teamed up with him, but it seems to me that Peyton Manning was successful when he was teamed up with anybody. So I think at some point we need to, you know, I don't, I'm hoping that Adam Gates just isn't blessed with the job so quickly, like he was this last time around. Cause I don't want him anywhere around any quarterback on any level of football.
0: (laughs) You know, it's funny. I said Rex Ryan award, and I just ran off a bunch of free agents. They signed, they might've won the Rex Ryan award just by getting rid of Adam Gates. That alone, I <laughs> might have helped. That might do more to help turn this franchise around in a positive way than any move that they made. And to your point, like I said, it's it sets up for something really fascinating because I tend to agree with you. I like Sam Darnold, and I'll say this much: there's no question that the weapons were not good, and it was in a bad situation. Some like Josh Allen to hit into his credit. I mean, he's worked his butt off and he's improved, but Josh Allen, I feel like from year one to year three has been set up to succeed. Like the bills have done a really good job of surrounding. They, they built the offensive line. Then they went out and they traded for digs. They got weapons around them and they coached them up and they put him in a, a position to succeed with Sam Darnold, I kind of feel like, it's the complete opposite. I mean, I almost feel like he was set up to fail with the lack of webbers that they had. The offensive line is just a complete disaster. Um, so he's in a bad situation, but there were a lot of critics too of Sam Donald. I mean, he turns the ball over a lot, of even, even in college that happened. And where it really sets up is this, Jay. So the Jets have the second pick of the draft. You don't get an opportunity every year, or at least you hope you're not going to, to pick that high where you don't have to, mortgage the farm to, to move up. Like say if a team, like for an example, new England, they're picking 12, let's say they want to get up to the top three and get one of those top three quarterbacks. They're going to have to give up the farm to do that right now. The yep. jets have the second pick. They ain't got to give up nothing if they don't want to. So when you're in a position right now and Miami's in is kind of in the same boat with Tua, if you, if you don't think you better evaluate and know that you're going to like this guy, because you can't expect to get a top three pick again. And if you like one of these top three quarterbacks, You know, you're you're stuck with a a, a very peculiar situation because you're hoping that you're not going to be in the top three to five again anytime soon. But you got a shot at one of these top quarterbacks. They're going to have to think long and hard. It's a it makes for a fascinating uh, decision for the Jets. Well let's,
1: let's stick in the, well, let's stick in the AFC East then, since you since you brought up the, the Miami Dolphins, because again, I, I find myself, which is weird because I am absolutely 100%, I promise everybody, I am a Buffalo Bills fan, but I find myself taken up for these guys around our division as well, because, for instance, I think Sam Darnold, like I said, I do think that he has everything necessary to be a good quarterback in this league. Now you're talking about, about Tua Tungvaloa, and I think same thing. I think coming out of Alabama, I do think that he was somewhat supposed to be pro ready. Um, his rookie season, I think that he wasn't exactly what we would consider a hundred percent healthy. So I don't think that it completely translated. I don't want to give him excuses. I'm a bills fan. So I'm happy that to that Tua just was not what we expected him to be that first year. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic about that, but I think Tua actually is still, you know, at least if what I saw in college, and I know it doesn't always translate. We've seen time and time again where you've seen these guys in college at any position, but college, but quarterback especially, you've seen these guys be dominant in college, and then they come to the NFL and it just doesn't translate. I don't really think that's the issue with Tua. What do you think about the Miami Dolphins this year and and, and their direction? It looks like you know they were they set themselves up last season to to let everybody know, like, look, we're here. And we're not going anyplace. They had to release Calvin Noy, but they still have some good draft capital. They still have some good money. Um, what do you What do you think about the direction of the Miami Dolphins? And and what are we going to see from Tua? Is it going to be Tua? Are they going to trade him away possibly and, and then maybe draft another guy at two or, or wherever they are, two, three, wherever they are?
0: They're at three. I would say this. It's funny because Miami was a good team last year, except for when they played the Buffalo Bills. If you're a Bills fan and the only two times you watch Miami play all year, you'd be like, "This team stinks, they're man." Horrible. Because yeah, the horrible. Bills, I mean, the Bills just absolutely smacked them ar- ar- around, especially in the finale. Miami had a chance in the playoffs. The Bills weren't even trying to win that game, I don't think, and they ended up winning handily. They're but they're a good team. Tua, look, you, you have to. This matters, dude. He he was not healthy. He was coming off a major injury. You know, he's not even healthy for, what, maybe six months, and he's playing in the NFL? I don't know, but, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be fair here. I'm going – I would reserve – I'm reserving judgment on him. I don't know if I like him yet. I mean, if I'm being completely honest with you, if I'm a Miami fan anyway, I don't know if I like him yet or not. And it kind of leads back to what we just talked about with the Jets. You got a top-three pick. Now, the Jets stink right as of right now anyway. Miami doesn't. Miami almost made the playoffs last year. They're only picking three because – Houston made a terrible trade. So they got Houston yeah. that third overall pick. Are you going to get a chance to pick in the top three again? I don't think so. I think Miami is a good team. They're well coached. They got a lot of, they got a good core talented players around them. So, and you also got a couple weapons too this off season, Malcolm Brown. I like him. He's a, he's a good running back. And then will fuller. If, if the guy could ever stay healthy for more than six or seven games, man, he's a beast. So yeah. that's a legitimate number one wide receiver that Miami has right now. So, That could be a low-key good pickup, only a a one-year contract, too. I I really like that for him, for both sides. So, I mean, to answer your question, I don't know that I like him. I also think that, well, we'll see how things play out with Deshaun Watson, everything that's going on, but I still think that Miami's very much in play for Deshaun Watson because they got more capital in terms of draft than than anybody by far, and they got plenty of cap room, so they can make things work. So Deshaun Watson can still end up with Miami. I think Tua, if I'm a Miami fan right now, I'd be like, I'll live with Tua. I mean, Jay, if you had this podcast back in 2018 and all your guests were talking about Josh Allen after his rookie year or say the the beginning of 2019, I should say, they wouldn't be saying what they're saying about Josh Allen right now. There'd be more questions and there'd be more questions and answers. I think that's where we're at with Tua right now. I think there's, there's more questions and answers. And again, the onus is going to be on Miami's front office to really figure out if this is the guy, because If you're not convinced he's the guy, either you're going to try to trade for Deshaun Watson if that is uh, available, again, depending on what goes on off-the-field stuff, or Zach Wilson or or Fields or or Vance, one of these top three, four quarterbacks, man. You you got your pick of them, or not your pick of them, but you're going to get one of them for sure. And if you like them more than Tua, because they still got another first-round pick, so they can take a quarterback at three and still have another first-round pick to draft a, a player on the line or wherever they want. So... Again, another fascinating team to follow. The AFC East is interesting now. If nothing else, it's a very interesting division.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be one of the most competitive divisions for the foreseeable future. Uh, once the Jets kind of get this thing turned around, which I think they will pretty quickly, I don't think it'll be this Me season. Too. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like one of those five year, you know, it's going to be I give them two years and they're going to be competitive again pretty quickly. So I think, you know, if you get if you get some good weapons for Sam Darnold, like you mentioned, they get the right support down there for Tua if he sticks around and then whatever happens in New England, you know, um Cam has a lot to prove this year. I, I don't, you know. Obviously, I'm a huge Cam supporter. Every week, I get beat up on Twitter because I support Cam and I say positive <laughs> things about him. But his, his his the fact of the matter is his arm looked shot. Um, he just doesn't look like physically the ability to to perform well. He just he's just not the same Cam that we saw a few years back. So he has to approved. But to your earlier point, the New England Patriots spent good money and. And I know a lot of people are saying, "Yeah, well they overspent." It just just because it's flashy doesn't mean that they're not better. Listen, they got good signings. Those guys, the guys that they did sign, regardless if you feel like they overpaid or not, they can, they signed. I think it's like twelve or thirteen guys, quality starting guys, and they're getting guys back who opted out last season. The New England Patriots, if they get any type of good play from Cam Newton, the New England Patriots will be something to you know, like I don't want to say be afraid of but they're going to be something to be reckoned with. Bills fans have to be comfortable, or be careful, I should say. We forget that they almost came back to tie up or beat us the first time that we played them last season. I know Cam didn't play well, but they still made a game out of it. And now they just elevated that roster, man. What do you What do you think about New England? I know we kind of touched on it, but but let's talk about that for a quick second.
0: Well, let me start with the, the – um, let me start with their – moves this off season and say this. I don't know how anyone is surprised by what's going on right now with the new England Patriots. Did you expect this team to, after being dominant for 20 years, did you expect this team to not be good during the season to get beat by the Buffalo bills? Not once, but twice get swept. And the second time embarrassed at home on Monday night football, just a couple days after Christmas, did you expect Tom Brady to go to the other team and win a Super Bowl the first year that he leaves. Did you expect Bill Belichick being 69 years old for this to be some kind of long form rebuilding program right now? Nobody should have. There was, the, and they had the cap room. So there was never a doubt in my mind that New I didn't know who they were going to sign. And I mean, a couple of these guys surprised me, but I was never surprised that new England is doing what they're doing this offseason. Of course they are. They had their, not just that they not good last year, but their pride was wounded, man. And I like what they did. I mean, look, again, I just talked about it with with Carl Lawson. If you and I were having this podcast two weeks ago, and we were talking about free agent targets that we would love to see on the Buffalo Bills, I'm pretty confident you and I both would have said John O' Smith and Hunter Henry. And the New England Bay got both of them. Those are both two of them, good tight ends. Which, by the way, I wonder if Smith. Do you think? If Smith had known that they were going to do, think he knows Harry knew that they were going to come back and sign Henry as well. And if that's the case, you think he might have signed somewhere else where he could have had an opportunity to be like the undisputed tight end one, whereas in this team is obviously going to be, you know, tight end one A and one B. So I'm kind of turning around. I'm asking you. you.
1: (laughs) Well, if you're Belichick, you can kind of sell it to him like, hey, man, look, I understand. Listen, we're going to try to get another tight end because of Cam's limitations and the type of offense we want to run here. But listen, this is gonna be a tight end run offense. This is not gonna be, you know, we're not gonna go and get a, a Stefan Diggs here. It's going to be John U. Smith and Hunter Henry. So whereas in Buffalo, if he would have come to Buffalo, he's he's fighting for targets behind Stefan Diggs, behind Cole Beasley, behind Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders. So now they're in New England, if he's fighting after Hunter Henry or if he's first before Hunter Henry, it's it's those are the people that he's fighting with targets with first. So I, I think that um, regardless, it for for Janu Smith, that's a heck of a move, man. That's a good signing for him. New England, like I said, they got a ton. They got a, a whole lot better. I just need Cam to really show us that his that his shoulder is healthy. I need him to fix whatever throwing motion he tried to correct or
0: create. That's horrible, man. He needs to he needs to do something about that. Well, getting two tight ends that can work the middle of the field like they do. That's probably a quarterback's best friend if he's struggling to throw the football. And it wasn't just them by the, way. I mean, they traded for Trent Brown. I like that move a lot. Uh, they mm-hmm. signed Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar and a lot of bills fans are beating the hell out of those moves. I don't hate them. I mean, moves, sure. Though. Like, like the Patriots. Yeah, sure. They got five different like number three or number four receivers on their team, but you know, there's specific roles and, and they could do good. Nelson Aguilar could, he could take the top off of defense. You know, he get, I don't care what, so he has, he doesn't catch the ball often, but you know what? You got to respect the speed, you know, and that matters. And that's going to open, that's going to open things up. I like what they did on the other side of the ball too. Matthew John, dude, they got a good pass rusher with June on And Calvin Van Noy is back. Dante Hightower is coming back. There's a lot, they got a lot of talent, but at the end of the day, this is a quarterback driven league and Cam Noonan was not good last year throwing yep. the football. That's yep. like not even debatable now, maybe, and I've heard this, a couple from a couple of people. And I think it's valid. He did get COVID last year and they're having cases where people have struggled physically coming back from that. Like they don't have it anymore, but they're still not completely healthy. And, and, you know, in a hundred percent hasn't done the football though, as good as Cam Noonan is, and has been in this league for a long time when healthy, he hasn't been the best passer of the football in a while. And one last thing too, about the pages and I'm going to say this right now that when I first saw that contract, I had a knee-jerk reaction, like a lot of people, like, holy crap, man, one year, $14 million? Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah. there goes any controversy, quarterback controversy in New England. He's your guy. But when you really kind of got the the specifics of that contract, basically it's like a one-year $5 million deal, and those $9 million are for incentives, like if they win the Super Bowl or he makes the Pro Bowl, you know, stuff like that. My point is this. Having the 12th pick of the draft, having – more um, salary cap space than a lot of teams right now. It's not set in stone. Don't write it down in pen right now in mid-March that Cam Newton is going to be the quarterback under center in week one for that team. I'm certainly not going to because there's options out there still. Um, Man, all
1: I'm hearing, and I'm hearing a lot of rumblings from my friends out in uh, San Fran that – there's still a lot of conversation between the two organizations about Jimmy Garoppolo possibly returning. So um, as with Cam Newton being on that roster, you're right. That does not mean that he's the starter day one. That contract isn't the 14 million that we thought it was when the numbers were first released. So yeah, you're right. We could absolutely see a different quarterback under center for the New England Patriots.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the biggest name that we hear Um, maybe Gardner Minshew. I'm not saying he's better than Cam Newton. I'm just saying there could be, competition. You never know. Derek Carr, for all we know. I mean, the Raiders are doing a lot of things. Trey's come out of where, and you know this, Trey sometimes come out of nowhere with players that you don't think. I mean, we've said his name already with the other two teams. You may as well link Deshaun Watson to the entire division somehow. You know, again, the Patriots have the uh, the 12th overall pick and not as much capital as the other team's draft capital. But hey, they're swinging for the fence enough right now. I wouldn't rule it out. That I they would pull hate, off I a would. major trade. So I'm not I'm not sold that Cam Noon is a starter, but and if he is, he has to play better. If he plays well, I think New England's a legitimate divisional uh title contender again. How can they not be? They got a lot of talent.
1: Dude, I would just throw in the towel as a fan if the New England Patriots were somehow able to get Deshaun Watson. On that, like I would just throw in the damn towel. Like that wouldn't even be fair. Like after after having two decades of Tom Brady, and I'm not saying Deshaun Watson is the Tom Brady. Um, he's not Tom Brady, but I feel the talent level of Deshaun Watson mixed with anything that that Bill Belichick would be able to do with that type of talent. I just don't think it would be fair, and I don't even want to talk about it. So let's move on. <laughs> to, to, let's, so let's let's get – now let's get to the Buffalo Bills. And, and so we're talking about quarterbacks, and, and now the Buffalo Bills have, have actually done something that I have been begging for us to do. Nothing against Matt Barkley. I do want to take a quick moment just to say Matt Barkley and his wife, his family, have been a beautiful – addition to the western new york family. I do want to say that from what I hear as well that they are a big reason as to why the team has been so close and why the team has gelled the way it has over the past few years. So first I want to say thank you to Matt and his wife and wish you luck wherever you are, uh, you know, wherever you land next if you decide to play, if you decide to chill for a year or whatever. Good luck to you man. Thank you so much. Buffalo loves you. But Buffalo has some will say upgraded, some will say not upgraded their backup quarterback position perception versus reality man how do you see Mitchell Trubisky because early on some people actually compared Josh Allen and Mitchell Trubisky so you know in in some circles it was looked at as a you know it was like a diss to Josh Allen like oh he's Mitchell Trubisky um but then in other circles you look at it he's 29 and one as a starter so he's a he he's not like a blow you out the you know the gates type winner but he's a winner in this league um i feel that he was benched kind of without reason. Um, Well, I don't want to say without reason, he wasn't putting up great numbers, but the team was winning and he was moving the ball better than they was after they replaced him with Nick Foles. So I I still think that he can somewhat be serviceable. How do you feel about Mitchell Trubisky and the signing that the Buffalo bills made to upgrade their backup position?
0: Well, first I want to echo the sentiments that you made about Barkley, because everything you said is a hundred percent true. And even furthermore, I think he had a lot to do with Josh Allen's growth and maturity and stuff off the field as well. So he was absolutely a great addition to the organization in a lot of ways, mainly off the field, but that's the thing, mainly off the field. To me, this is a, I don't know how any football fan, Perry, you don't got to be a Bills fan. How anyone could possibly think that this is not an upgrade for the Buffalo Bills. I just don't get it. The perception of Mitch Trubisky, and it has some validity to it. I mean, let's be honest here is that he's a bust. He's been a bust he only started one year in college at North Carolina. And you know how we talk about all the time, the bills in 2017, if they didn't trade that 10th pick, they could have had Patrick Mahomes. Well, guess what? At least the bills got Trey white and got some good players and picks for that. Okay. (laughs) Imagine being a Chicago Bears fan right now, having that second pick moving up and, and taking Mitch Trubinsky instead of Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. So the expectation for him was really high right off the bat. He has not been, Very consistent. But I think he's been, and I'm again, I'm speaking openly and honest, man. I'm not no Homer podcaster, all right? Let me tell you about that, Jay Spence. I am not afraid to to blast this team. I've done it many times. And if I don't like a move, I'm going to tell you that I don't like a move. Or I don't like a player. I'm not going to suddenly like a, if I didn't like a player on Tuesday and he signs with the Bills on Wednesday, I don't like him any better on Wednesday. That's the point I'm getting at. I'm not making up excuses for Trubisky. He was not very, uh, he wasn't consistent. The Nick Foles thing was just a bad organizational decision. They thought that they have enough talent that with a better, with a veteran leadership, you know, a winner at quarterback and Foles that the team would be better off. That was a disaster. Not not even close either. The thing with Chicago that you gotta remember with Chabritsky's at least some of that inconsistency has to do with the cast. Again, some quarterbacks are set up for success and others aren't. You look at the Bears' roster over these last couple of years. It's not very good. I mean, they got some talent. Allen Robinson is one of the best receivers in the NFL. I love Allen Robinson. And I feel really bad, Absolutely. by the way. I feel horrible that he got tagged again and that it looks like he's going to be stuck with Chicago. I, I wish he could have went to wherever he wanted to go as a free agent. Anyway, that said, he's awesome. But beyond that, what do they got? A wide receiver? Uh, Anthony Miller looks great one week. Then, he, then you don't hear from him for three weeks. Uh, yeah. Diddle, Taylor Gabriel and, and Darnell Moody. They've had like a revolving door of tight ends with uh, Trey Bird and Jimmy Graham, and they make some plays here and there, but Jimmy Graham's not who he was. The offensive line always seemed to have like two really bad weak links. The running game's been yeah. So there's been a lack of supporting cast with him. But at the end of the day, and this is the biggest thing, and people got to remember this, and this is why the reality to me, whether I think it's perception and reality, but it's definitely reality, the Bills have upgraded big time, and here's the biggest reason. If you want to conclude that Mitchell Trubisky is a bottom tier starter in the NFL right now. Okay. If you want to conclude that he's even only uh, maybe a top 10 at best back, which I don't agree with, but if you want to say he's only one of the top, maybe 10 most talented backups in the NFL now, like, all right. But at the end of the day, the only person that you should be comparing him to. And the one and the only person is Matt Barkley. He is better straight up than Matt Barkley. Remember in 2019 against the patriots of all teams. Josh Allen got hurt in the I think it was the end of the third quarter. Yep. Got a concussion or whatever. Elbow.
1: Oh, I thought yeah. it was the, oh, no, yeah, that
0: was the same. Was, yeah, I got you. I got you. Well, Matt Barkley had to come into play and I remember that game very well because the Bills could have won that game. In fact, I feel like they should have It wasn't fun.
1: They should have. No, yeah.
0: Barkley threw an ugly interception. He just airmailed some passes. He just he's not the guy, okay? And you talked about it. I talked about it on my show. All in fact, that was like you were talking about filling up summertime. I remember lots of shows last summer where I was um, I was very critical of the Bills not upgrading QB two last year because they had a they made the playoffs in twenty nineteen. I'm like this team set up for a nice run here, but if Josh Allen goes down, you're done. Matt Buckley's not going to win you games. Trubisky is twenty nine and twenty one as a starter. At least you got a puncher's chance. You know you got a good fighter's chance. If Josh yep. Allen misses a month or six games. Mitch Trubisky with a good caster on him, he can win three or four of those six. And uh your season doesn't go down the pipes, but it does if Matt Barkley has to start for a, a sustained period of time. So I love the move, man. And I don't know how anybody doesn't.
1: Yeah, I was I was talking to some people uh who are fans around the league, and it and it actually amazes me how many people were, you know, just and I get it, it's all fun and we and we crack jokes at each other. It's what we do as fans, but it's like, oh man, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of money. It's like, do you not understand that first of all? First of all, in a perfect world, he doesn't see the field. That's the what? first thing. Secondly, if you if you really think that to what you just said that Mitch Trubisky is not an upgrade to Matt Barkley as far as talent on the field, then I, I just I shouldn't have a certain conversation with you. As far as you know, like I can talk to you, but I I, could, I have to just lower my expectation of what the knowledge or you know <laughs> I, I can't have this conversation. Um, but but no, I agree with you, man. I think that um, the way I see it. Say Josh Allen, knock on wood, or you know, I don't want to speak any negativity into the into the air here. But uh, you know, if Josh goes down in the playoffs last year, we don't make it to the AFC East or the AFC Championship. We don't nope. we don't make it past um, we don't make it past the Colts if if Josh isn't in that game. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, look, no, we don't we don't need a Josh Allen 2.0 on the bench, but you do need somebody that's a little bit better. Than Matthew and again, so it's not speaking negatively against Matt. I think that he did a great job week second uh, 17 against Miami Uh, when we first signed him and he came in against the Jets. He performed very well and he's he has some moments for us, but he's just not the guy if Josh goes down. Um, But The Bills, again, have been making other moves, man. What about this tight end move? I know last week everybody was – we were on this Zach Ertz watch. Everybody was basically kind of watching like the NBA did Kawhi a couple summers ago, man. We was watching everything that he was doing. Turns out the Buffalo Bills just wasn't really trying to play poker with with the Eagles, and uh, they called their bluff. The Eagles were asking from reports – I don't know if this is the actual story or not, but from reports, the Eagles were asking for a pretty – you know, a, ran, a, a king's ransom for a tight end at this age, in my opinion. Uh, and the Buffalo Bills said no. Same thing with the Sandy or the Los Angeles Chargers and uh, who, whoever else was involved. Seems like everybody kind of backed up. And now the Buffalo Bills have picked up Hollis. How do you feel about this uh, signing of this the Seattle Seahawks agent who seems to be very familiar with Josh from his Wyoming days?
0: He is. I'll say this first and foremost. I don't think this excludes the Bills from still acquiring Zach Ertz. I think, above all else, this is a message. Well, I mean, it's more than just a message, but in part, it's a message from Brandon being directly to Philly that we're not going to pay your price. I mean, I heard Marcel Louis-Jacques said, I think Philly was asking for like a third rounder. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for a 31-year-old tight end who's only got one year left on his contract making almost $9 million for this year. That's just not going to happen. This move, yeah, I, I still think the Bills could trade for Zach Ertz, but now they showed Philly that we got a guy. So, you know, if we don't, we're not going to come down or, or we're not going to come up and, and pay your price. So I, I still think that's on the table. I really do. That said, um, he's okay. You know, he's all right. I, I think this, if this is the only move they make at tight end, I think this buys Dawson Knox another year of having an opportunity to show what he can be. And I've had, you know, it's funny when I talk to non Buffalo Bills fans, like Buffalo Bills fans seem like very lukewarm on Dawson Knox at best. The consensus, some people love him, but a lot of people, a lot of people don't, frankly. I talk to like national media people and the perception is a lot different with Dawson Knox. I had um Benjamin Albright on the po- my podcast uh, about a week and a half ago and we hit on Dawson Knox because I asked him point blank. I said, do you think the Bills are going to try for Zach Ertz? And also at this time, this was before free agency started. So I asked him about Hunter Henry and John Smith and how these guys would be fits for the bills. And he made it a point to spend more time talking about that. He really likes Dawson Knox. than the bill's spending a lot of money on any tight end right now. He likes his skill set. He's obviously inconsistent and he's, he didn't, he wasn't productive even in college. So he's just, I don't know. It's tough because now he has got what his third year coming up. He's got a lot to prove. But at his cap figure for this year, I can see the Bills playing where, where Dallas and Knox is a starter. Maybe, maybe Hollister is what they wanted Tyler Croft to be, if Tyler Croft was healthy. From what and I and I also I'm not gonna try to play like tight end expert right here, film expert. I'm kind of learning about the new tight end like a lot of people are. But from what I've been reading and I've watched some clips from a couple of guys from Cover One, Hollister seems quicker. Like he, he's faster, he gets he gets off the ball quicker, he's a, bit, a little bit of a better route runner, a little more um, athletic, whereas Dawson Knox is a better blocker and a little bit more of a, of a total package type of tight end. So I, I don't love the move, but I don't hate it and I understand it. And most importantly, I still would not put the Bills, uh, I wouldn't put it past the Bills still trading for Zach Ertz. It could happen. If the Bills are going to use some two tight end packages, Maybe Hauser at this point becomes like Lee Smith, like the third. You know what I mean? Or or Gilliam. So I I don't put it past the Bills to still trade, but now we know that they're not going to pay a stupid price. They're not going to be desperate. You know, it would be nice for the Bills to just have a good tight end for once. Going back so many years, One of the Bills ever had a really good tight end? Never. Pete Metzelaar's maybe, I guess. I don't know. I was so excited when we
1: signed – clay like because he seemed to be like the athletic guy that you know teams were starting to get and so we're like okay he left miami we're gonna get oh man we finally got one and then he just wasn't that guy you know uh, so but but to this point and um you know and i know i sent the questions to you in advance so i know bills fans want we want herbs my question is is this signing kind of could it could it possibly be like a sneaky signing in a way that's better for us then acquiring a Zach Ertz Now I know Zach Ertz is a better player So so please listeners do not think Oh like don't turn the show off Jay Spence isn't tripping Thinking that Zach Ertz is, is less of a player What I'm asking is For what we need in this offense We need a pass catching tight end Who's somewhat athletic You know like we need him to be able to, to get some of that yak Um, I think that's what we got and and Ertz to me is more of a possession guy. He, he he he'll run through some people. Like he's gonna get you some yak, but it's more about you know yards after that that contact. But he's going to get hit. Like it's happening. This what we have now. I feel like we're gonna move the this this adds to that high powered let's let's kind of push the pace type offense. Uh,
0: what are your thoughts about that? I completely agree with you 100 for a multitude of reasons. One of them, the money that you would have paid Zach Ertz that might afford you to address something else before the draft that maybe if they traded for Zach Ertz, they won't have the money to. Maybe it's a a defensive end or maybe it's a corner or an interior lineman, whoever, anywhere at any position. So it doesn't prevent you from doing that by not having Ertz. And I agree to your point. I mean, we're not saying that Ertz is not the better player he is. But also, hey, let's give Brandon Bean a lot of credit here because he's pretty damn good at finding a guy who – you know, it's more about opportunity for Hollister. Maybe a bit bigger opportunity with Buffalo yeah. will yield some good results. Look at what happened with Daryl Williams last year. We barely would have even been talking about Daryl Williams signing with the Bills. He was almost an afterthought at the time because we probably wanted some bigger fish at that time. So Daryl Williams was just kind of like a something in passing to discuss briefly. Maybe that—that's yeah. how we are with Hollister right now. He's and by the way, he's got what a one-year contract. I don't even think he's making one point two million right now. For the bills this year in 2021 Hollister I'm talking about. So again, yeah. it doesn't prevent them from doing something else. I like it because of the money and it gives them money to do something else. And I also think, especially if you're a Dawson Knox fan, that this is going to buy you another year to see if, you know, Dawson Knox being, could becoming a really good tight end if that comes to fruition or not. So I don't, I think Hollister for those reasons, besides just the football reasons itself, I, I, I really think it's a pretty good signing.
1: And you know what? In, in agreement with you, um, I have learned to stop to stop trying to judge what Brandon Bean does. I've I've learned to just start to trust him and take a step back and say, okay, well, let's just see how this works. Because, you know, we we see these guys get signed and it's like, who the heck is this guy? Like, why aren't you going for this? Or why aren't you doing that? For instance, this offseason, obviously, like um every Bills fan who who kind of wants the the glamor for a moment because we don't normally get it. I, I, w- I would have liked to see a sign J.J. Watt, but the truth is missing out on J.J. Watt was able, it afforded us to, to have some consistency and keep the team together. And, you know, we aren't far. So like a lot of times right now I'm reading where people are upset. It's like, oh, the Bills aren't making any moves. We're not, you know, we don't, I don't feel that we need to make flashy moves because we were already there. Like, so when you're already at the AFC championship game, that means you're only a couple players away from the Super Bowl. So I don't I don't think we needed to make many changes. I just think we needed some additions. Um going at and this is the last question. that, Like I said, I don't want to we actually I appreciate you spending the last 40, 45 minutes with me, man. This is this has been awesome for me. Um, but to that point there, the Bills haven't made quote unquote flashy moves. You know, we, we did go after Emmanuel Sanders now, somebody who a lot of people regard as an upgrade to John Brown. What do you think is next for the bills? Now we we got the tight end. We got, you know, we, we got, uh, we got Levi back. We re-signed the whole offensive line. We uh, got Matt Milano back. What do you think is next? Are, is it still free agency moves to be made? Or do you think in, in the draft or however, what is the next area of focus that the Buffalo bills
0: need to focus on? Well, first and foremost, If we would have talked two weeks ago and you would have told me the Bills were going to re-sign Matt Milano, Darrell Williams, and John Feliciano before free agency even started, before they even had a chance to test the market, I would have stamped sold on that instantly. I love what the Buffalo Bills have done. To your point about Brandon Bean, trusting trusting him, well, when you win, you trust the GM. It's easy. If we were having a, a Buffalo Sabres conversation, no matter what move the Buffalo Sabres make, you're going to blast it to hell because that's what happens when you are a perennial loser. And we've experienced yep. that for many years, bills fans going back before these last three or four years, every move, whether Doug Whaley or, or Brandon Bean, whoever is a GM, Marv Levy, I guess the token GM at that time, those moves, you just were ready to pounce on them and criticize them right away. But that's not the case when you win. So I love what they've done already by keeping their core. Cause I agree with you. They made it to the AFC championship game. And you could also say in that during that game, you could put coaching as one of the biggest reasons why I don't think the Bills. Maybe they don't win the game, but they certainly should have been more competitive against Kansas City. And I put a lot of that on the on the game plan and, and on both sides of the ball. You know, mm-hmm. um, McDermott admitted afterwards he maybe shouldn't have kicked those field goals. He should have went for it. The defense kind of played a little bit of a well, you know, let them nickel and dime their way instead of being aggressive and really trying to to get after Mahomes. So anyway, I don't want to stray off here. I think there's, there's two things I'd still like to see the Buffalo bills do. And I think for sure they're going to do one of them. And, and that is, I think they want to add a, a pass rusher of all the moves the bills have made this off season that I like. I'm going to tell you one that I don't like. I would have liked to see Mario Addison get released. I know they he took a bit of a, a pay cut. I would have liked to see that position upgraded and it still might be. And I'm hopeful that it's going to be, but I would have liked to have had his cap figure go, go into what the bills can spend right now, because the guy's going to be 34 years old. I know he had three good years production-wise with Carolina before signing last year. I thought he was all right with the Bills. It was okay. But again, he's 34 years old. I don't see him getting better. And I'm not even sure that he's going to be as good as he was last year going forward. And if that's the case, I don't know. Carlos Dunlap is a name that I keep coming back to. And I would tell any Bills fan who doesn't either doesn't like him or doesn't know a lot about him, Go watch that Bills game against Seattle last year because, yeah, the Bills put up 44 points. Josh Allen, I'm pretty sure he won NFL or Offensive Player of the Week. But I'm going to tell you what, Carlos Dunlap terrorized Josh Allen in that game. He had a sack and a half. He hit him like three times. I know Seattle wants him back. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because he might sign with else before this drops. But that type of player, I'd love to get a Carlos Dunlap on the Buffalo Bills Maybe you roll. I know it might sound crazy, but maybe roll the dice with Alden Smith. Oh, you know, he played with Dallas. He only had five sacks with Dallas last year, but I think I read on Pro Football Focus he had like fifty pressures or thirty-five rushers, fifty hits, something like that. Um, so I they need a I pass. Would
1: love, I would love an Alden Smith. I actually put that poll up last week asking Bills fans how they would feel about signing Alden Smith to a one-year deal or maybe a, a, even a two-year deal. You know, um, just to to add him to this. Our room of pass rushers, and surprisingly, there are still a lot of people uh, who, you know, look at pass off-field issues and look at things. So I get it. Yeah, I get why people don't necessarily want to take a chance on a player at at this stage of his career. Now I feel that um, you know, he he was out of the league. He missed out on some good money. I think that he paid his debt. In my opinion, I don't know everything that happened. I don't I don't follow guys off the field, but if he's able to help our pass rush at this point, I'm looking at pass rushers and players as long as his off field stuff isn't anything, you know, like super bad, like, you know, he's beating women or doing something crazy. Hey man, bring this guy in. I, you know, I, I need, I need to get to the quarterback man. and trust Jerry your, God bless him. And I love him. Bring
0: this guy in. Yeah. Trust, trust, also trust your leadership core of your team. You know, they could take a yeah. player in and you hear a lot of bad things. Now, look, he got in a lot of off field trouble as opposed to Stefan Diggs, who had, might've had a reputation as being a little bit of a, a diva and a complainer, but, Look, look how he embraced Buffalo. I hear about it all the time. Players don't they don't necessarily care about Buffalo until they get here, and then they yeah. love Buffalo. He would be a good fit on the football field. I don't care. I mean, nobody's going to tell me otherwise. They got to do something. They got to upgrade pass rusher, whether it's a, a free agent, whether it's maybe the pick 30 or they move up for a guy if somebody starts to fall a little bit, whatever. But they got to add to defensive end for sure, 100%. And then the other position I'd like to see him do something with and I kind of get beat up for this a little bit, but I'm going to stick to my guns here. I don't care for Devin Singletary. I'd like to see the Bills get a potential home run hitting running back. There's not a lot of them really in free agency. So this is, and I am going to say it, Travis ATN or, or Harris, if one of those guys are around in the Ooh. early to mid twenties, would telling you, not only would I take a running back at 30, I would move up to take a running back a couple Ooh. spots at least anyway, because I, I love don't, it. I don't like, I don't want to say I don't like Devin Singletary, but look, he is who he is. Okay. He's, he's good at like, he can run in a phone booth, you know, he can make somebody miss that's, but that's the only real trade he has, man. He's uh, taken away the Denver run last year, which was nice, but you know, he's inconsistent hands, not very good pass blocker. This team totally does not trust him going back to both his rookie year and last year. If you remember that playoff game against Houston, when they lost, I looked it up the last 25 plays the bills ran in fourth quarter in overtime. Devin Singletary got zero carries. They don't, there just seems to be trust issues. I like Zach Moss better of the two, but I don't love Zach Moss, but I do like Zach Moss. And again, I don't hate Singletary, but I don't like him. And I think there's an opportunity for a very big upgrade if you were to go out and, and use your first round pick on an ATN or a Harris. I think that'd be a monumental upgrade over Devin Singletary. Don't consider it a running back, consider it a weapon. And that's another weapon for Josh Allen. He's got four good receivers. If you go one to four, they probably got the best one through four wide receiver group in the NFL. They got one of the best quarterbacks. They got a a pretty good offensive line, adequate, maybe tight end. And if you go on and get yourself a home run hitting running back, how do you not do that? I absolutely would do that.
1: Okay. Now I know I said, I'm not going to use any of the video. I have to use this this clip, at least for the promo, because I have to tag Bruce, man. Bruce always talks about how like, you know, okay, don't call it a running back, just call it a playmaker or call it an explosive player and slap this. Uh, So I have to use this part.
0: Bruce is going to hate me. I know that. Look, man, there's nobody, there's nobody in the Buffalo Bills podcasting community that I respect and that I've talked up more than Bruce Nolan. I'm not smarter than him, but I completely disagree with him 100%. I agree with a lot of what he says about running backs when it comes to giving second contracts and big money, but I will use a first round draft pick on a running back if he's a game changer. And I just think that Travis Etienne or Najee Harris are game changers. And I don't think Devin Singletary is.
1: So I I agree with you. Now I love Devin. I love Devin and I love Zach. You know, I love both of those guys. I think they're both good guys, good backs. Um, But I agree with you. I think, If we're going to keep one of them, I think it should be Zach because I I think you can have value in what he provides in short yard situations. Um, But I agree, man. As much as I love Devin, the game – there's so many games that I've watched and um, this is my first year taking a crack at, like, breaking down film and trying to catch things. He he has made so many guys miss in short space or or limited space situations. And then as soon as he gets past that first player or that that first defender – it just he doesn't have another gear to kick into to get away from the defenders. So it doesn't matter how phenomenal that first or second, sometimes third move is. Sometimes he'll make moves, four or five moves, and, and it's a three yard game, which is a lot of kind of what LaShawn McCoy was able to do back in, back when we had him. The difference with LaShawn McCoy is that he had that breakaway speed to hit that home run play. Devin doesn't have it. And, and there's so many plays that, like I said, he'll he'll make a couple guys miss. And the very second you think, oh, 15-yard, 20-yard run, it's a three-yard game because he got tackled at the ankles. And and we just – we really need – we need that, that somebody that can just say,
0: boom, we're, we're, we're done with that, get through that. When Devin Singletary was a rookie and he was making – like you said, he makes guys miss in a phone booth, I was reminded a little bit of Thurman Thomas because Thurman Thomas was really hmm. good at that too. Thurman Thomas could run in between the tackles – and make you miss and just not necessarily make you miss, but he would run through a lot of, he would run through more tackles than you would think he would. He wasn't a big, powerful runner. Singletary could be like that too, but the difference between him and Therm is Thurm was a great pass catcher out of the backfield. You could trust him to make a catch. He was a very underrated pass blocker. So there's a, there's like a multitude of differences between the two. I, I could see Devin Singletary being, because it makes no financial sense to cut him even if you were to draft Travis ATN, or even if you were to sign a a good veteran running back right now in free agency. By the way, one name I will drop, James White. I would love the bills to sign James Hmm. White just because it's a pass catcher out of the backfield. brings a different element to the offense. But anyway, I can see Devin Singletary being the 2020 version, or the 2021 version, I should say, of TJ Eldon. That third running back who's inactive. If one of your guys go down, you got a, a pretty adequate running back who could step in. He's going to be cheaper than any free agent you sign. So I'm not, I'm not advocating cutting Devin Singletary so we're clear. I just think he should be the third running back and usually the third tailback, especially with Tywan Jones being on the resigned and going to be a special teams player. That third running back is usually inactive if everyone else is healthy. That's the role I'd like to see for Devin Singletary this year. And I know a lot of Devin Singletary fans are going to like to hear that, but. is what it is
1: well I would even um I would even give him and, and again this sounds like much of a demotion but I I think I overvalue special teams play I would even be willing to give him a shot at at trying to see about punt returns or kick returns because he's the kind of guy and he doesn't have that breakaway speed I know I just talked about that but he's the kind of guy with open space he does some dangerous things and I think that's the problem with him as a running back he doesn't get open space anymore sure so you know, I would even be willing to see that, but I agree with you. I, we need a playmaker. We need a guy that's fast. We need some speed in that backfield. And um, you know, to to go with Zach Moss. I, I love Zach Moss. I would love to keep Zach Moss in, in his role. Um, I hope that his ankle's healing up pretty good. You know, I don't even know if we heard exactly what the injury was, but yeah. I I w hopefully hopefully you're right. Hopefully we have Zach Moss at the two, uh, Devin Singletary at three, and we draft somebody and we bring in a stud and we do this thing, man. I would love to just Oh man, I, I would love to just have that offense that really you cannot defend, right? You know, we're, we're they're close. Clo-
0: uh, they're close to it. I think. I yeah, think Emmanuel Sanders. I think, despite his age, I, I do think he's an upgrade over John Brown just because of the for this team. Maybe not another team. Like if this was the Raiders, I'd rather have John Brown. You know, but it, okay, because
1: I, I was going to ask you that because honestly, I have a and maybe it's a fan of me. I have a hard time um, accepting the fact that John Brown is on a contract with lesser money. Um, and I do, I do like Emmanuel Sanders. I'm, so I'm not saying anything negatively, but I have a tough time. You really think Emmanuel Sanders is an upgrade over John Brown?
0: I do because of this offense and how much of an emphasis they put on route running as opposed, not that John Brown's a bad route runner. Emmanuel Sanders is just an elite route runner. That's always been the best part of his game. So you guys, we already know what Stefan Diggs could do with route running. There's nobody. I don't there's anyone better in the NFL than him. Cole Beasley's a great route runner. Emmanuel Sanders is a great elite route runner. Gabriel Davis isn't. He doesn't really need to be. He does different things. That's the reason why. Again, I, I think it's what kind of offense do you have? John Brown. Again, I, look, I like John Brown a lot, and let's give him a lot of credit. He has plenty to do with Josh Allen's development. Twenty nineteen, yes. when he was healthy, oh, over a thousand yards receiving. So he he's yep. very good, and he he could catch a a two yard pass and, and turn it into a seventy five yard touchdown. We've seen that before. Um. So I'm not dissing John Brown. I'm not kicking him on the way out, which by the way, I thought this was purely an economical move at first when they cut John Brown. But as it turns out, this is more of a football move because you would think, all right, well, John Brown, he would have taken four, even if he took four million less for 2021, he still would have made more than he got with the Raiders. So yeah. I think this turn I think I believe the Bills when they say that this was about them wanting Emmanuel Sanders. More than anything else, I don't know. Kind of goes back to what we talked about a couple times on your show here tonight. It's uh just trusting the the front office. They feel Emmanuel Sanders was a better fit. So I don't know. Yep. I I, kinda, I like I like Emmanuel Sanders, but I like John Brown too.
1: All right. Well, I'm gonna trust it. Like I said, I'm gonna trust it. I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna question Brandon Bean or Sean McDermott anymore. My team has turned around from uh the laughing stock of the league to now a well respected. And um, almost, I, I don't want to say dominant yet. We had one season at 13 and 3, and then we had some winning seasons, so we're on our way to being a dominant team. Sure. Uh, Mr. Pat Patrick Moran, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, why don't you take this opportunity to let everybody know where they can find you, what you got going on, some new content coming out, or anything, and uh, any other special announcements
0: you may want to make? All right, well, it's at Pat Moran Tweets for Twitter. Aside from that, I'm gonna be honest with you. I really don't care about my podcast right now. I want to use these <laughs> couple minutes that you're allocating me to promote my podcast. And instead, I want to tell you a quick story because okay, I, I think it, I accomplished something today. I think I accomplished something today that you probably have never done. And probably most of your listeners have never successfully done. So I brought my car to a tire shop today to get four new tires put on. I thought it was going to take maybe a half hour to 45 minutes and ended up taking well over three hours, but I digress. Anyway, I was starving. Okay, it was a long night. I got up. I didn't eat breakfast. I, again, I thought it was going to be quicker, and it wasn't. So I got really hungry. And the only thing that was around was a Dairy Queen. And well, Dairy Queen serves food. You know, they got chicken sandwiches and burgers, stuff like that. Well, my car's in the shop. I don't have a. I don't have a car, so I go to the door. The door. Does not open, it's locked. And I look at the sign and it says, due to COVID, take out delivery, or it says, take out drive through only. I'm like, oh, damn. Which, by the way, is funny because I'm in Florida. COVID's been canceled in Florida since like last summer, basically. Okay? Right. You go to a bar, there's dozens and dozens and dozens, dozens of people, no mask on, stuffed on top of each other. But yet you can't go to a McDonald's or a Dairy Queen and sit down at a table and eat, which is just ridiculous. But anyway, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm starving. I know I can't wait much longer to eat. I literally walked to the drive-thru, walked to the uh, where you order, you know, if you have a car. And I told them about my car and I begged them pretty much to let me just walk through instead of doing the drive-thru. So long story short, I didn't have a car, but I walked through the drive-thru and ended up being able to get a meal from Dairy Queen. I'm kind of proud of myself for doing that. I don't know if you've that's, ever successfully no, did a, a
1: walk by. <laughs> I have not. That is legendary. Like that's something that only legends can speak of. And I, <laughs> I think every time I've actually seen that, like I've seen people like get get like yelled at, like get the hell away. Get
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty cool, man. It was I'm, I'm very proud of it.
1: Well, that's good stuff, man. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Patrick Moran, please, please. I know you all are, because if you're not, I mean, who the heck are you listening to? Go give this guy a follow. Go listen to that podcast. Um, some of the best content out out there. He, along with Bruce Nolan, are two of my favorites personally. So I, I this is like I said, this has been a treat for me. So, again, I appreciate you so much for coming on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, you know how I do it here. Take care of each other, love each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive and test negative. Let's go. Go Bills.